Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 38. And if you can indulge me, but let's please honor the Lord, our God, the holy living one. If you could please stand for the reading of God's holy word. And here begins the reading of God's holy word. It says, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And Hebrews 11, uh, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You could be seated in the presence of our living, wonderful God. Amen. Uh, and we're starting a brand new sermon series on today. And this sermon series is entitled Word World. Word World. Talking about a world you know, that has to be maintained, a world that has to be sustained, a world that needs to be governed by the word of God, where, where the word of God is actually the highest and the final authority inside that world. Amen. And when we begin to talk about worlds, right, we understand worlds can be any number of things, right? For give you an example, when you hear people, for those of us in the sports world, different uh, uh, broadcasters or news anchors and different things who, who talk about sports, ESPN in particular, right? They begin to say things like, in the world of sports, right? Or you have the world of technology, right? Things like this to give you an understanding. Some of us may not be familiar with the world of sports or the world of technology, but uh, make no mistake about it. Uh, mistake about it. It is indeed a world. Amen. And so we're talking about a word world that, regardless of what world that you are a part of, that you find yourself associating in, moving in and out of. Because think of it like this: here, your marriage—that's a world. Your relationship with your children—that's a world. You hear parents talk about how their children are their world. My babies, those of my world right and, and if you deep deeply deeply love still getting lost in the dark brown eyes of your, your significant other uh sometimes you hear people talk about how they boo thing is their world right so relationships can be a world so understand we're talking about a word world though so regardless of the world we're saying that world must be governed by the word of god and so as we begin to deal with this particular sermon series what we understand is god is calling our attention back to the word and if god is calling our attention back to the word make no mistake about it god is calling our attention back to himself back to himself back to himself every part of your world must be governed by the word of god it must be governed by the word of god right it's like our apostle when uh if you've ever had the opportunity or the pleasure of hanging out with him where he might have been uh just hanging out with different people or counseling different people whatever the case may be uh, it, it never seemed to be that he could not you know, uh, no matter what the topic uh, of subject might have been, uh, we've always known him to be able to find a way to uh, speak about the word of God or speak about God himself. So what you saw, no matter where he went, no matter who he talked to or whom he might have spoke with, right, he always would incorporate the word of God in his conversation, right? So we can see how his word uh, or how his world was filled with the word of God. So it didn't matter that whoever he encountered the word was still going to be present. In other words, he was not going to change who he was. He understood who God called him to be and the assignment that was upon his life. So he's not going to change 
who he is, nor is he going to stop doing what he knows God has called him to do for the sake of the people that he encountered. His world has to be governed by the word of God. And, and in like manner, so uh, this, this, this remains true for you and I. Our worlds must be governed by the word of God. In other words, we must incorporate the word in everything that we do. Uh, do, you, do you recall there was a point when you first got saved and you was truly on fire for the Lord? Because some of y'all, you know what I mean? Uh, you're fire. You might got some fire, but they're doing a little low. It's not that blazing bonfire that it used to be. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I'm talking to myself right now, and I'm saying, God, set a fire down on the inside of me. God, I need that thing to, I need it to burn. I need it to blaze like a bonfire. I need that type of fire on the inside of me, right? But do you recall there was a point when you first got saved and you was on fire for the Lord, right? And you might have been at the job, and when, when it came time for your break, uh, you, you went to the break room, or you went to your car, and you just had to pray, or you had to get in your word, right? Uh, it, it was denoting the fire that was on the inside of you. It was denoting that you had to have his presence. Like you just got to talk to him and you were waiting in expectation for him to talk back to you. You just needed to feel his presence, to feel his spirit, to hear his voice speak to you, right? And so understand God is calling our attention back to the word, calling our attention back to him, right? So we need that fire to kick up in us again, right? Uh, so that, you know, Everything we do as we move in and out of the worlds that we, we have a role to play in, right? That these worlds are governed by the word of God. Amen. It's governed by the word of God. So, you know, as we are here in the book of Hebrews, right? We understand the author is unknown. Many people suggest that it is Paul because the writing is similar to the writing of Paul. But we don't know who the author is of the book of Hebrews, but we bless God. So we'll just say the Holy Ghost, as we understand the Holy Ghost breathed and gave men the inspiration to pen what was now breathed by the Holy Ghost to write out. So we'll say the author is the Holy Ghost, right? So the Holy Ghost is writing here in the book of Hebrews, right? And, and we understand it is a book that is written to Christian Jews, right? Who were at the point of their lives because of the affliction and the persecution that they were um, actually suffering because of their belief in, in, in Christ, you know, moving and operating as Christians. Christian Jews, uh, this persecution had them on a line where they was getting ready to fall back. So in other words, they were torn the line of getting ready to fall back into Judaism, right? Uh, uh, trying to Judaize what God has done in their lives. And so when you understand because of this persecution, the Holy Ghost is now writing to them because of the danger of drawing back from what the Holy Ghost has revealed to them as Christ being the Messiah. And so we understand even in the book of Hebrews, the Holy Ghost is expressing, right? I mean, there are different three parts to this particular book, right? Uh, the first part begins to talk about the superiority of Christ's person. We understand he was the anthropos, meaning he was fully God and he was fully man at the same time. He was God and man at the same time. And so we see the superiority of Christ uh, over every other man that will come throughout the history of this age or the history of this world. We see Christ's superiority over this particular man. And in part one of this particular chapter, right, we see as talking about the superiority of Christ over the prophets. So we see Christ is greater than the prophets. He was not just a prophet. The scripture speaks of him as being prophet, priest, and king. So he's prophet, high priest, and he's king. We understand that. And 
And then it talks about his superiority over the angels, right? Uh, he's greater than the angels themselves, right? There would be different times and throughout the scripture where it's recorded how angels would visit different people, whether it's to come and protect and intervene on their behalf or bring a message and how those who were, had encountered the angel, they would bow down and reverence out of the fear and the angels would quickly say, uh-uh, uh-uh, you got to get up. I'm not him. There was one greater than me, pointing to the superiority of Christ, right? And then it talks about the superiority of Christ over Moses, because we understand the Bible lets us know that he was the greatest prophet to ever live, but we see that Christ was greater than Moses, right? We understand that the first initial covenant was given to Moses, but uh, Christ, when he came, the whole purpose of him coming was to give and bring about a better covenant, which we consider to be the New Testament, right? The old covenant, that being the Old Testament, Christ came to give, to give us a new covenant with God. And so it shows his dominance or his superiority over Moses, right? And then when we, when we look at uh, part two, it shows the superiority of Christ's works, how the work that he did, that is dying upon the cross, coming, living, breathing, walking as a man, but but not forgetting what God had sent him to do. He was he was the, in, uh, the Messiah incarnate, right? He became the lamb that would be slain to pay back, you know, the debt that was owed to God for the sins of the world. So we see the superior of his work, right? And we see the superior of Christ, his priesthood, him being the high priest. And because of him being the high priest, you know, the sacrifice that he made of giving or laying down his own life, there is no need for the high priest to go in on the day of atonement anymore to make sacrifice for the sins of all the people anymore because the sacrifice that Christ himself became by being the lamb that was slain it was sufficient for God to take this and say I forgive the sins of the people now because of this sacrifice it allowed God to now reconcile us back to himself so we see the superiority of Christ operating as the high priest right and then it talks about the superiority of Christ his covenant this new covenant that he he has brought about where because of my death burial and resurrection i'm instituting a new covenant new covenant where, where where we can now be the people of god we have been engrafted in we you know the bible talks about we can cry abba because of the spirit of adoption we have been adopted or engrafted into the family of the beloved because of what christ did so we are now partakers of the new covenant then it talks about the superior of christ sanctuary and sacrifice so we understand now there is no need for the synagogue all these because our bodies are supposed to now be the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? And so understand when, when the Jews would go and operate at the temples or the synagogues and things of that nature, right? They carry out different sacrifices and things of that nature, right? They're together, come worship. We understand now that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost. So we see the superiority of Christ. Now I'm allowing or making it so that our bodies have now become the sanctuary or the temple of God. And, and when you float down into the third part of this book, it talks about the superiority of Christ's walk of faith. We understand his walk. He, he was obedient unto death. And not only was he obedient unto death, but we see he trusted, he believed, he had faith in what the father spoke or sent him out to do. Um, didn't mean that he didn't struggle at times, but he still had enough faith to believe what the father, what my father has spoken or sent me out to do that will I accomplish. That's why the Bible says he was obedient even unto death. And so even in this third part, we talk about uh, uh, the exhortation to the full assurance of faith, right? Being, you can rest and, and take assurance of your faith. Your faith matters. It's because of faith and through grace that we are saved. And, and you understand? And so as we begin to just 
break open this particular book, right? Um, there, there are five different warnings that are found that the Holy Ghost is penning throughout this book, right? The first warning of the five is talks about the danger of the neglect of, of, of the neglect of the things of God, the neglect of the covenant of God, the neglect of the word of God, right? Then the second warning that the Holy Ghost pens is talking about the danger of unbelief, where again, remember these Christian Jews are, have, have, have come under persecution and, and, and they're getting ready to neglect what Christ has done in their life, you know, where they are now believers that he is the Messiah, but because of the persecution, they're willing to neglect. They're almost at this place where they're getting ready to neglect what, what Christ has done. Also moving them into a place where it becomes dangerous to now they're struggling with their belief in who God is and who God has called them to be. The third thing that, uh, the third one that the Holy Ghost spends is he talks about the danger of not maturing. Right. Of not maturing, not operating in the mature mindset, the things that you know, the things that you have learned. Right. Knowing what to do in spite of all the things that you are dealing with, still knowing what to do, still having or being of the mindset to press forward, to press toward the mark of the high call that is in Christ Jesus. Regardless of the affliction, regardless of the persecution, you understand the reason in which Christ came to die for you. He tells you because they hated me, they're going to hate you. So. Just like I pressed through all the persecution, so must you press through all of the persecution. It is a part of your calling. So they have to be careful of the danger of, of, of not maturing. And then uh, the warning, the fourth one, it talks about the danger of drawing back, right? The danger of drawing back. Uh, and, and understand the scripture talks about, and this is kind of where we find ourselves. We find ourselves housed out of this fourth warning the danger of drawing back, right? And then he says, uh, the fifth the fifth one that the Holy Ghost begins to pin is the danger of refusing God, the danger of refusing God. Hmm. To refuse the word of God, to not believe the word of God is true, that is refusing God in and of itself. God cannot separate himself from his word. So to refuse the word is to refuse God. So there was a danger because, listen, anytime you are dealing with persecution, anytime you're dealing with affliction or suffering, right, if you're being honest, if you're being real, right, you can come to the point where you begin to doubt what God has said. And you start struggling with, is the word of God true? Is God going to do what he said he would do? Where you now come into the danger of refusing God. So make sure you don't find yourself, you know, operating in one of those particular warnings, right? Thank God. Just let it be a warning for you. But thank God that you don't actually move and operate in the thing that the Holy Ghost has described as indeed a warning. Amen. So as we get into verse number 38, like I said, we find ourselves in the portion of scripture where it's talking about the fourth warning, the danger of drawing back, right? And the title that I'm working with on today is simply called the manifested word of God, the manifested word of God. We are talking about the manifested word of God. And I don't know about you, but I need God's word to manifest itself in my life, right? And, and, and the, this is the thing, the word of God has already manifested 
right? It may not have manifested in the earth realm, uh, and, and that has a lot to do with your ability to trust God, right? But we know before anything takes place in this natural realm, it has happened in the realm of the spirit first. So we understand the word of God has already manifested when it left the mouth of God which is spiritual, but your faith pulls it into existence in this natural realm. So we are talking about the manifested word of God. Amen. And so as we look at verse number 38, it says, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall not have any pleasure in him. And again, talking about the forewarning, the danger of drawing back. So my brother, my sister, you must be careful. Here is the warning that the Holy Ghost has pinned to us, the danger of drawing back. It says, now, denoting now, presently, now. Now, in the moment, this particular moment, the just shall live by faith. How shall the just live? By faith. Just. The just shall live by faith. We shall live by faith, right? And as we're living by faith, he says, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. If you're not living by faith, drawing back from faith, the faith to believe God, right? The faith to believe the word of God, right? And, and let's look at the definition of faith, right? So we'll get a better understanding how the just shall live. The just shall live by faith, right? The just shall live by a strong belief and a supernatural, right? And a supernatural power or a power that controls human destiny. Now the just shall live by faith, a strong belief in a supernatural power or a power that controls human destiny. Or now the just shall live by faith, a conviction of the truth and the conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things. This is the faith, according to us as believers, how we are supposed to live. Consider we are the just. We are made just because of our ability to believe what God has done has brought us to a place of right stand. It's, it's, it's not your good deeds. It's not your good work. It's your ability to believe what God has said that has called you to become just, allowed you to be in right standing with God, your ability to believe what God has said. So now the just shall live by faith, a strong belief in a supernatural power, right, or a power that controls human destiny, or a conviction of the truth, and the conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things. This is how we're supposed to live. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, meaning if I pull back, if I draw back from this belief system, this, this conviction of the truth, Mind you, there are facts, right? And there are things that are true. But truth, absolute truth. We understand the word of God is absolute truth. That it is what it is. There is no changing the absolute truth. Facts can change. In other words, it's a fact. Fact is sunny outside right now. But if a cloud were to come and cover the sun, the fact that it's sunny outside can actually change. So now there's an overcast. There is a, you know what I mean? Like it's cloudy outside now. So facts can change, but absolute truth remains the same. There is no changing the absolute truth. And what we understand and what we know about God's word, there is no change. As a matter of fact, he put a clause in the last book, the prophetic book, the book of Revelation saying, no one should add to it or take away the note and don't change. It cannot be changed. If you to change it, there are consequences for you changing what is considered to be absolute truth. 
So now the judge shall live by faith, but if any man draws back from this conviction or this belief, this strong belief that God is God, he's the ruler and creator of all things, uh, you'll find yourself in a position of you drawing back. And the Bible says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now, for God to let us know, uh, if you find yourself in this position of that you're drawing back, he said, my soul should have no pleasure in you. In other words, I will not be pleased with you. I don't care how much you raise your hand, clap your hands, dance before me. If you draw back from living according to faith, I will have no pleasure in you. Now think of the different people who have mixed in their faith, these different ideologies, these different beliefs, a mixture, mixing what we know to be the true word of God with other things that is known as profane. It is profane. It's profane. It's not pure. It's not right. It's profane. For that person, God is saying, listen, my soul has no pleasure in you. I don't find any pleasure in you. Doesn't change his love for you, but he said, I'm not pleased with you. <laughs> I love you, but I'm not pleased with you. Uh, do you know somebody? Can you relate? I, I, this is the place I don't want to be found where God is not pleased for me. My heart's desire and my heart's call is God, I want you to be pleased with me. So a part of me pleasing God, for you and I, a part of us pleasing God is to make sure that we don't find ourselves in this position where we are drawing back from how we're supposed to live. And we're supposed to live by faith. If you're not living by faith, that means you have drawn back from God and he's saying, I have no pleasure in you. If you are not believing what he said about your life, who you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do. That means you have drawn back and he finds no pleasure in you. I know it's hard to hear, but it's the word. Am I not in the book? Am I not in the book? It's the word. Doesn't mean he don't love you. He doesn't love you. He still loves you. You are still the apple of his eye. But right now he finds no pleasure in you. You are not pleasing to him. That's, that's, that's what he wants us to know. I, I love you. That's not going to change. You're going to be the apple of my eye. But right now I am not pleased with you. Mm. He says, but we are not of them who draw back. Oh, come on. I want to be found in this clause, but, but we are not of them. I am not of them that draw back. There are going to be some God they have got weary in well-doing, God. It has become difficult for them to believe, God, to stand on your word, to take you at your word, God. You know, even though it, they might have thought the word was going to come quicker than they thought it was supposed to happen. And, and, and the enemy is using time, God, to defeat them in the area of their faith. And now they're starting to draw back, pull away from you, God. No, I want to be found in this clause, God. But we are not of them. I am not of them who draw back unto perdition, God. You understand this, 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 this place of perdition is, is, is talking about drawing back to a place of destruction, ruin, chaos, all of these different things. I don't want to draw back to that place. It's because of my faith, my ability to trust God, to believe in God, him being the supernatural God, having power and authority over everything. This is what has changed my life. 
This is what it said. My life course on the right path. My ability to believe. It brought me into the place of becoming just before God. Into right standing with God. My ability to believe. To trust his My desire to believe. To trust his word. He says, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. But of them, we are not of them who draw back unto destruction, ruin, and chaos, but we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Ah. You know, God just reminded me of something I used to say when I first got saved real good. When I first got saved real good, uh, one, of, one, of, one of my mantras used to be, you know what, God, my soul is on the line. Uh, you got to understand. That was something that kept me. That was something that kept a fire burning on the inside of me. It kept a desire to seek the face of God. It, it, it kept a desire to say, God, I want to be right. And, and you don't hear me to believers saying that anymore. God, I want to be right, God. And you, don't, you don't hear believers talking about how they're chasing after him. He's my desire. He is my need. Now, there are other things that I need, but he is my highest priority. I need him uh, if, if if i can't have him then, then what is what what is it worth in having any other thing if i can't have him with the other things uh, nothing else matters if i cannot have him right and so when god began to remind me of this thing about how you used to say my soul is on the line right it would help govern me and how i would make decisions and, and how i would interact with people because at any moment god could crack open the sky and come and i don't want to find myself on the wrong side of that thing because i fail to, to, to check my flesh or to back my flesh back up and to allow myself to yield to the word of God or allow myself to yield to the Holy Spirit where I found myself being driven by my emotions of my flesh where, you understand, you can get caught out there, you can get caught slipping, you know, where the devil be like, God him, but because you were not sensitive to the voice of God or the spirit of God, but you wanted to move off of impulse and allow yourself to be ruled and controlled by your flesh or ruled and controlled by your emotions. It used to be a time that you you couldn't make a move without consulting God. Uh, you have to acknowledge him in all things. Before I do what I do, I got to talk to God. Before I make a decision, I, I got to let God, this, listen, this is what I'm trying thinking about doing right here. But I need help, God. I need direction. I need instruction, God. This is what I'm talking to you about, God. It seems as though some of us, we have drawn back just a little bit. You have drawn back just a little bit. Uh, you're not chasing after him like you used to, right? That fire is not burning like it used to burning you before. Yeah, you pray, uh, but you're not praying how do you used to pray uh, you used to be excited to pray you used to ask folks do you do you need anything uh, 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 to be prayed about you got any prayer requests can i pray about anything for it? now you just walk around and you just pray about you and your family when before anytime you saw a car accident you would pray i rebuke the spirit of death god i pray god that they will be healed god and then you would just pray anytime you saw folk on the street with a cup looking for money stuff you will pray for their soul now you can ride by folk, walk by folk, and you don't say not a prayer for folk. You understand what I'm saying? It's only when they directly call out to you that you will offer up your prayers and your faith on their behalf. Used to be a time that it, it burned in you. There was a fire that burned in you to remain in the gap, to stay in the gap as an intercessor. Some of the intercessors that crawled out the gap, you ain't standing in the gap no more. Oh, no, you're not. You might be in praying for you and yours, but what about those on the outside of yours? You, you, you're not praying like you used to. So, so what I'm saying is, we 
If listen, as believers are in the danger of drawing back, and the Holy Ghost is saying, warning, 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 you are in the danger of drawing back. And listen, don't go back to that destruction. Don't you go back to that ruining. Show enough, don't you go back to that chaos. You better check yourself and see, I was talking about. We are of them that believe to the saving of a soul. And when God reminded me about that thing, I got convicted all over again. I said, God, I got to come back to it, God. I, I got to come back to it, God, where I'm telling myself my soul is on the line, God. Listen, listen, you got to be careful of how you handle God's people. Why? Because your soul is on the line. You got to be careful how you handle your family. Why? Because your soul is on the line. You have got to be careful how you're handling ministry and how you're declaring the word of God. Why? Because your soul, it is on the line. You got to be careful whether or not you are doing what God has called you to do, be it who God has called you to do. Why? Because my soul, it is on the line. And I don't want God to come back and find me where my business that he called me to, it is not done in the manner that God said it was supposed to be done. No, because your soul is on the line. And some of you, you better see it in the same manner. Your soul, it is on the line. And oh, the heavenlies, there is a battle for your soul. But I want the Lord to come out victorious with my soul. Yes, I do. I want him to come out victorious with my soul. I want to end up on the right side, the winning side, the victorious side. And that is the side of the Lord. I won't draw back. I won't go back to that destruction. That, that destructive communication. I won't go back to that ruin, those, those crazy relationships that God has delivered me out of. Uh -uh. It, it wasn't causing me to grow at all. Relationships where people are tearing me down because they misunderstand who I am, can't handle who I am. I won't go back to that ruin. Oh, no, he's delivered me. I won't go back to that ruin. I most certainly will not go back to that chaos and confusion. Why? Because he's the God of peace. I finally understand and know what it is to have peace in my mind. I can't go back to that confusion where voices, where the enemy is talking to me constantly throughout the day are trying to uh, deny me my right of who I am trying to deceive me uh, with my thoughts and with images in my head of who I am because he understood who God called me to be I won't go back to that confusion and chaos oh no I got peace of mind I understand who he's called me to be I am the son of God yes I am I, I, I am the son of God I am the apple of his eye yes I am his prophet the one that will declare the holy oracles of God I am his and I understand that uh, I will not fall back to that being a prey of the enemy's tactics of deception when you're trying to lie to me to make me believe and make me feel like I don't matter that I'm not anybody but I understand I have a good understanding I am his and he is mine. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He said, you can't draw back. You, you, you can't draw back. And so when, when we go over into chapter number 11, he tells us the, the Holy Ghost begins to pen and give us a definition, a greater understanding of what faith is. Uh, through verses 1 through 3, we are basically having faith defined to us giving us examples in the definition. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Again, faith is defined simply as a strong belief, right? A strong belief in the supernatural power or power uh, that, that controls human destiny. Faith is defined again as a strong belief in a supernatural power or power that controls human destiny. Destiny. Uh, 
And, and it talks about, it's also a conviction of the truth, a conviction of the truth, the absolute truth of God's word, uh, convicted by the word of God. Uh, and my question that I pose to you, when was the last time you were convicted by the word of God? Uh, and see, when, when, when I operated in that mindset that my soul is on the line, it didn't take much to be convicted by the word of God uh, because my heart's crying was, God, I want to please you. And, and if I'm in the moment and if I'm doing something that is not pleasing in your sight, God, then tell me, God, because I understood the thing that I'm doing, if it's not pleasing God, it is bringing displeasure to God. It is, it is not pleasing to God, right? He's in that place where he's not pleased with me. And to know that what I've done, what I've said, how I reacted, how I interacted, how, 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 how God didn't see it as good is it, bringing displeasure to God. Something that I'm doing is bringing about displeasure to God. No, it, it's not right because I don't want my daddy, I don't want my father to be displeased with me. I don't want him to be upset. I don't want him to be disappointed. I can't stand to believe that God is disappointed with me. It's just like a child, right? The one thing they don't want is their parents to become disappointed at them. Oh, you you, you know what I'm saying? And when, when they feel as if they've done something where they've let you down, they have this look on their face like their world has just been shattered all around because the fact that daddy is disappointed and mommy is disappointed, that's how it is with God. God, I do not want you to be disappointed with me. So I'm glad that my heart is soft towards the word of God, that when the word of God comes, it easily convicts me. Now, now I'm, I understand. Now make no mistake about it. I'm easily convicted. That doesn't mean I, I change easily. Uh, I'm easily convicted, but that doesn't mean I change easily, right? After I'm convicted, you understand the enemy tries to find a place quickly, tries to find a place and, and try to tell you why you should submit to this conviction. And he tries to paint the picture how you were wronged by others. It wasn't you that wronged them. They wronged you. Whether I wronged them or they wronged me, God has brought about the conviction of his word. Yield to it, yield to it, yield to it. Oh, submit to it, submit to it. Let it change you. You, let it shape you, let it mold you, right? So understand, it is by this faith that we come to the place where the truth, the absolute truth of God's word, it convicts us. And see, when you talk about conviction, it is that 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 thing that makes you feel bad. Yeah, conviction doesn't make you feel good, uh, and that's why you got to be careful that you don't mix up conviction and condemnation. They're both words that start with the letter C, but guess what? They both make you feel bad. Condemnation makes you feel bad in a sense where it makes you want to give up and throw in the towel and quit. God, divorce God, go in another direction. But conviction, it makes you feel back as you recognize and you understand, oh, what I did, it, it wasn't pleasing in your sight, God. Oh, that didn't please you, God. That didn't bring you glory. You were not honored by what I did, God. It makes me feel bad to the point where I say, I got to change this. I got to do this differently. I got to do this another way. There is a more excellent way, right? And we understand the more excellent way. It is love, right? Everything I do, how I respond, how I interact, how I, how I, I mingle with other people. It has got to be out of the vein of love. Love is the more excellent way. Everything I got to do, it must be out of the vein of love. This is what faith is. Faith is now faith, a conviction of the truth and the conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things. And see, see, when, when you think about that definition right there, because the enemy runs rampant, so rampant in a great manner in some of our lives, because of, he just have 
listen, he I put it like this here. He has a real, 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 real long choke chain on his neck. But there were some of us now, his choke chain is not that long. Uh, he tries to get out of order. Guy yanks, you know, get back in line, get back in line, get back in line, get back in line. Uh, that's for the ones who just, when God said God, they don't struggle with believing. Oh, if he said it, I know it is going to be. If he said it, it shall come to best. He's not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. I know he's going to do what he said. Those are the ones the enemy has to short choke chain where, where the enemy tries to begin to meddle in their lives and God just, ah, come on back, come on back, come on back. But for those of us who struggle with believing the word of God, where we give the enemy place to, to, to deceive us on what God said and utilize time to try to trick us into believing that God is not going to do what he said, right? Oh, and, and use fear and doubt and unbelief, right? You and I are the ones that have, the enemy has a long show chain he got just room to just run around run before his chain is yanked by God can't blame God we're the ones who allow his choke chains to be extended we extended it by giving him grace to move and operate in our lives. See, I know you ain't going to talk about that. We extended his choke chain by giving him grace to move and operate in our lives. Grace him to lie to you. Grace him to deceive you. Oh, you gave him the place. Uh, he didn't have a place initially, but you gave him the place uh, to operate as a deceiver, to operate as one bringing fear to you, like to operate as bringing doubt and unbelief. You gave him the access and the grace to operate. Mm. Now faith, the strong belief. Now faith, a conviction of the truth and the conviction that God exists. If you know that He exists, why, why, why are you? Where, where are you? God, do you hear me? You're talking as if God doesn't exist. The Bible lets me know that He's the God that was, is, and is to come. Denoting uh, he is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. Jehovah Shammah, the God that is present everywhere at all times. I got a conviction of his truth. And I have a conviction that God exists and that he is the creator. Not just the creator, but he's the ruler of all things. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. See, when you're convicted by the truth of God and you submit yourself to, the, to that conviction, that's when you can begin to pray and say, okay, God, you see the enemy. You, 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 you see the enemy. And that's when God can step in and say, you're breaking my rule. Oh, messing with my son and daughter, you're breaking my rules. Uh, and, and you understand he, he more to combat the enemy get over here uh, he begins to deal with the enemy because you're breaking my rules in regard to my son in regards to my daughter I got to deal with you because you're breaking my rules I am the ruler of all things uh, even you have got to come subject Satan Lucifer you have got to come subject to my rules uh -huh. so when you talk about this faith this is for by it the elders obtain a good report. Because of their ability to believe and trust what God said, they obtain a good report. Oh. So there is a report out 
about your ability to trust God. Shit, my God, my God, my God. Oh, look at the scripture, y'all. There, there is a report about your belief system. There is a report about your ability to stand flat-footed on the word of God, not be moved but remain steadfast and trusting what God has said. There is a report about your ability to trust God. There is a report about your faith level. He said, listen, I give it unto every man a measure of faith, right? And if your measure of faith has become low, he said, listen, I give you a means to replenish your faith. So their faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So their faith coming by hearing, come on, you got to hear the word. If you want to replenish your faith, you got to hear the word. So, so, so if you're at the point where you're struggling in your faith, uh, dealing with doubt and unbelief, listen, there is a report out about your faith. Yeah, yeah. And the question is, is it good or is it bad? Is it a good report or is it a bad report? Only you can answer that question. Only you can answer that question because make no mistake about it. You understand. You know exactly how you're believing right now. Well, by faith. Well, by it. Well, by faith, the elders obtain a good report. They trusted God. Mm, you, you, this is what you said. Enemies all around. Enemies surrounding us and camped about us. But this is what you said. Mm. And listen, we know what your report card says. But then, then, then there was a report card from God. Because the Bible talks about, you know, who shall believe the report of the Lord. Yeah, we understand his report card is uh, if, if you're in elementary, he got all E's. Uh, you understand it. And as you get a little bit more mature in school, he got all A's. Uh, he cannot fail. Uh, he would not have any flags on his report card. You got to understand. Uh, uh, he, he's passing with flying colors. You got the he's mastered being God. Yeah, you got to understand. He's mastered uh, uh, walking by faith because, again, God has not told you to do anything that he himself has not done. He had to believe his own word. Yes, he had to believe his own word. Uh, and matter of fact, at the point he said, I honor my word above my own name. This is how, uh, how much I believe my word. Listen, this is how much value, how much worth my word is. Listen, we understand that the name of the Lord, it is excellent. The name of the Lord, it is great. It is mighty. But he says, listen, when it comes to my word, my word carries more worth, uh, more value than my very name. I honor my word above my name. Oh, you got to understand. So when you line up your report card next to the report card of God, oh, you got to understand. He's passing with fine colors. He's done what he said he would do. He's honored his word. It just now remains to be seen whether or not you are going to believe God and pull by faith what God said into this natural realm. So we see for by faith, the others obtain a good report. Come on, let's 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 get into the foundation of scripture where the text brings us to the place where the sermon series actually comes from. It says through faith. See, some of y'all are trying to go around faith. Oh, no, no, no. The only way you're going to come through this thing is through faith. The easiest way to come out of the thing you in is to go through. My God. The easiest way to come out of the predicament, the situation, the circumstances that you seem to think is so unfavorable towards your life right now. The easiest and quickest way to come out is to go through it. Go ahead and do it. Go through it. But you got to go through it through faith, by faith, through faith. 
Listen, and 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 and, and I apologize in my zeal on last Sunday. I I, I told y'all that in the book of Corinthians, if faith, it, understanding comes by faith. This is what I was trying to tell you right here. I just I have my books messed up, so I apologize. So understand, we get understanding by faith. Uh, there are going to be things that God is going to speak to you that you don't understand. But if you trust God, if you believe God's word, then understanding shall come. Rufe, we understand that the worlds were framed. And, and, and did you notice world is plural? Worlds, plural, right? Plural, 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 right? So when we talk about these worlds, worlds is simply defined as this right here. World, uh, definition number one talks about a part of the earth that can be considered separate. A part of the earth that can be considered separate, right? Uh, go back to my example when you think about uh, the world of sports or the world of technology, or when we say things like outside this world, right? Things that we made that have been we have been separated from per se. Most of us, <clears throat> we understand technology to a certain degree. We we know how to work Androids and idolatry phones. We know how to work things like that. And there were some of us who know how to work video games, things of that nature, right there. You understand what I'm saying? But 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 but. But there were some people who are more skilled, more adept with this technology. People like Pastor Terrence and Minister Brandon and, and, and Mike, them who they they could be wizards with technology. They can just do different things that might have took you your dog on hour. They'll come and do it in five minutes. You be like, what the world? What the, man, I should have called you. I should have called you yesteryear to help me with this. You understand what I'm saying? They, they they can just work wonders with technology, right? They just they know it like the back of their hand. Things that they right there, right? That that is a world to them. That that they 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 involved in the world of technology, right? So worlds is defined as a part of the earth that can be considered separately, or is defined as all of your experiences that determine how things appear to you. Determine how things appear to you. How do you perceive the world? Most of us, you know, if you're being honest, we. Most of us with this black and brown skin, black and brown skin, you feel like you got the short end of the stick many days. Because you don't have, you know, as much privilege as another persuasion, things of that nature right there. So how do you perceive the world based upon that experience? <coughs> this is your world. So most of us will feel like my world is unfair. Life has dealt me some, a bunch of curveballs. So you're right, this ain't fair. But you're perceiving the world through your experiences, and this is how it appears to you. What is the truth? We're not saying that some of this stuff is not factual or true. Dare we say true? We're not saying that, that, that slavery and different things of that nature did not happen. But what I do know, if, if, if you, 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 if you live in right now, it didn't happen to you. Nobody had you chained up. Nobody was whipping you across your back. You ain't about here calling nobody master. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? If, if black and brown believers are not careful, what they're allowing themselves to do is to fall in the place of idolatry, idolizing the color of your skin based upon the experience that your ancestors might have experienced. 
You have now fell into the place of idolatry, idolizing your skin color. This is why, because see, because you still haven't found yourself worth or understand the value of who you are as being the son of God or the daughter of God. This is where you find black and brown people so quick to say, we come from kings. And You're not the only one. There's a 92-year-old man right over there sitting on the throne of England. You're not the only one who come from those kings and queens. Get out of here. You say that to make yourself feel good. That's not what makes me feel good. What makes me feel good is what I know that matters is I'm his son. Oh, I am the offspring of a most high God. That's what makes me feel good. I understand my value, my self-worth. It comes from him. Oh, your world has got to change. This is what we're talking about. Your world has got to change. And as we're talking about a word world, your world, all the worlds that you frequent in and out of, all the worlds that you have a role to play in, your world must be governed by the word of God. Oh, you don't like that. You don't like that. You don't like that. You don't like that. He said, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed, right? And when we look at the definition of frame, right? Definition number one talks about to bring into being by combining, shaping, or transforming materials. If the worlds are framed by the word of God, it is simply saying the worlds came into existence as God began to combine and shape and transform the material by what he spoke. Look at it like this is. Everything that, that, that was ever created, when you be going to look at the chromosomes and the DNA of anything that any living organism, when he spoke, it had what it need already embedded in it to reproduce. All he had to do was speak at one time and it was going to do what it was supposed to do. He doesn't have to talk to the oak tree and say drop an acorn so that another tree can sprout up and grow. He, he, when he spoke it the first time, when he created it the first time, everything that it needed to reproduce was already housed inside his DNA. That's how he brought it into being. Then when you talk about frame, definition number two talks about to work out the details of something in advance. Uh, and clearly we understand uh, everything was preordained. Yeah, you got to understand. Uh, 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 in the mind of God, before we spoke it out, God understood what the plan was supposed to be. He worked out the details in advance before he brought the thing into the material. Or in the natural, it brought about its essence here in the natural realm. He had already worked out the details. Gee, my God, you talk about a glorious God, a wonderful God. Uh, uh, I'm talking about a God that is so advanced. Uh, see, when you go back to the report cards, uh, he's moving and operating them AP courses. You got to understand, he is advanced in everything that he is doing. We are trying to play catch up with this advanced God. Y'all don't like me right there. You got to catch on up by allowing your world to be governed by his word. Catch up with the word. You got to Catch up with the word. Catch up with the word. Allow the word, the details of the world to be worked out in your life. And see, some of us, we, that's the problem. God is trying to work out the details in your life, and it's uncomfortable. It is downright uncomfortable to you. So you be trying to pump the brakes when God is trying to work some things out because it's uncomfortable. Uh, you got to understand, this is the framework of God at work. It's the framework. Uh, but notice, he's already worked the details out in advance. Now, 
I particularly like verse or, or definition number three, and it talks about to serve as a border, to serve as a border. The noting, uh, 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 no matter how the enemy tries to move and operate, even if I've graced him to give him place to move and operate, the Bible is letting me know because the worlds were framed by the word of God. Uh, the frame is defined as to serve as a border. Uh, the, the enemy cannot go past this border. He cannot go past the word. Of, oh my God. He cannot go past the word of God. Oh, it's a lovely thing. It's a beautiful thing to behold the word of God in operation in my life. Uh, even when I can't believe the Bible lets us know that he's not going to deny himself. He's going to trust in what he spoke about my life. Even if I'm not at the place to believe, uh, some days I have to get like the disciples and say, God, help my unbelief because I never had to believe me for something like this, God. I never had to believe for something that requires this much faith, God. Uh, I'm having to get my faith level up to believe it for that huge thing right there, God. But what I understand, God, you won't deny yourself, God. Even when I'm struggling to believe what you said, God, you will not allow the enemy to go past what you said, God. He's got to operate in the parameters of what you said, God. He cannot go past your word. Your word, it is a border. Uh, what am I saying? The word of God, it, it, it's, it's a defense. Yeah, this is what we talk about. It is a refuge. It is a safety net for the enemy cannot trespass beyond the word of God. Oh, my God. And if the enemy has found a way to get in your life, uh, listen, he has, he has found a place where you have neglected having the word of God. If fixing or borders yourself in with the word of God, if he got in the world of your relationship, your marriage, or your relationship with your children, it is because you have not framed it with the word of God. It is not being governed by the word of God. If he has got in your world uh, on your workspace, listen, it is because you have not framed your job in with the word of God used to be a time that you will pray and seek God on your break, but now you're not talking to God. You find yourself driving a taco bell, you will get you a salt taco, and you ain't spent no time in the world. This is why the enemy now has access to the world of your workspace because you have failed to frame it with the word of God. Tell somebody, I gotta get back to the place. I'm coming back to the place where my worlds will be framed with the word of God, where the word of God will govern all of my worlds. Uh, it's got to serve as a border. Uh, used to be a time where you used to keep the word playing 24-7 in your house. Uh, we come in your house now and we can discern the atmosphere is so off uh, because ain't no word been in this atmosphere. It is not produced uh, uh, an atmosphere or an environment that is sufficient for the Holy Ghost. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, we be praying and we be saying things, God, that the atmosphere be right for your Holy Spirit, God, to come rest about and rule, God. I want your presence to dwell in this place, God. Listen, he, listen, listen, we know he's everywhere, but he might not be revealing himself everywhere, even though he's everywhere. He's not making himself known. He's not letting everybody know. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. You got to understand why? Because we have not freeing this portion of our worlds with the word of God. Think about the worlds that you are involved in. We say your world of relationships, your job, that's the world. The different friends that you hang out with, separate and apart from church people, that's another world. The world of ministry, that's the world. You, when you think about your hobbies and interests, that's the world. You know, how, how are you governing these worlds that you have a role to play on the inside of these worlds? 
point I'm making is, is your life governed by the word of God? I don't care whose company you are in. Is your life governed by the word of God? Or, or, or do you change? You understand, change your faces. Uh, my face changed depending on who I'm dealing with, meaning my character changed, my lifestyle changes, uh, depending upon who I'm entertaining or the company that I'm currently in. That's the face that I have to put on. I know when I come around the church, folk, I got to act like I'm living right. I got to act like I'm doing right. I got to try to talk right and be right. Now, I don't want you to be perfect. I want you to be real. <laughs> I want you to be perfect. I want you to be real. If you mess up, just be real to say I messed it up, but, 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 but I got a mind to repent and get it right because I want to be in right standing with God. I want to please God. Uh, oh, we, 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 I'm not looking for you to be perfect, but I'm looking for you to be right. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm not looking for you to be perfect, but I'm looking for you to be right. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Uh, ain't nobody judging you. I'm judging what you do. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm judging what you do and what you did. It was not right. Uh, there was a clear distinction between right and wrong, black and white. There are no gray areas. No, it's not. Uh, you are here hollering about 50 shades of gray. Oh, cut out the fire. Mark out the fire. There are no shades of gray. It's black or white. The fact that you're trying to make it great, that is profane. You're trying to mix holy with unholy. You're trying to mix righteous with unrighteousness. No, that is profane. Govern your life with word, the word, the word. Frame your life. Let the word become a border around your life so that the enemy cannot go past what God has spoken. So he says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were made of things which do appear. Things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. True, you see, it was made by something you can't see. That's the mystery of God. Well, that is the mystery called God. That deep blue ocean, it was made by someone you can't see. The mystery called God. God had enough faith to believe that when he said, when he called forth the oceans and told them how far they're supposed to go on land. That's why you see waves come and go. Because listen, they got to stop. Don't you cross this boundary. Unless I give you permission to cross the boundary, don't you cross this boundary. You can only go this far inland. Don't you cross this boundary. When God pulls his word back and then gives it access, then the way it can cross that boundary. That's only when it can cross that boundary. Other than that, it understands it has to come subject to the word of God. But God had enough faith to believe what he was speaking would manifest itself. Talking about the manifested word of God. He understood if I could believe it, it would manifest itself. Now, you may say, well, God, it's easy for you to believe your word because you know <clears throat> you're not a liar. You know you can trust what you say. Well, there's supposed to be a God presence dwelling on the inside of you, greater receive that is in me than he that is within the world. There's supposed to be a God presence on the inside of you, connected to the Father, connected to the Son that knows the father and that knows the son that they can't lie. Maybe, maybe 
you ought to invite the Holy Spirit to help you to believe. Invite the Holy Spirit to help you to trust the word of God. Because see, on your own, and some days on my own, I'm, 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 I'm not getting it done. He, he, he indeed tells us he is a helper. Come on, we talk about the Holy Ghost, the paraclete. He tells us that he is a helper. Yeah, and on those days that I find myself struggling to believe the word, uh, he tells me that he's a comfort, comfort me because I, 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 I didn't believe him right. I didn't believe him good enough. I didn't believe him all the way. Comfort me. Uh, before I let the enemy bring condemnation, comfort me, comfort me, comfort me. Tell him it's going to be okay. He's giving you another opportunity. Just ask for my help because I'm the helper. Come on, I want to help you believe this word. I want to help you see it come to pass. I want to help you see the manifestation of God's word here in this natural realm. It's already manifested in the spiritual realm, but I want to help you pull it out of the spiritual room into this earthly room. I want to help you. Most of us, we don't want to ask for help. Because we've been let down so much. The times we did ask for help, they, they didn't help you the way you wanted to be helped. They, they helped you the way they thought they were supposed to be. Oh, do you know somebody? Can you believe? Don't help me how you want to help me. Help me based upon what I'm asking for help. I get it. Then there are two sides. There's the other flip side of that coin. When you ask for a certain type of help, really believing this is the help that you need. But you forgot that prayer that you prayed some years ago. God, help me. And God is answering your prayer some years ago, and he's sending help. And what I found out about God, God is not always going to help you the way you determine you need help. The way you define you want, the way you want help to come to you. No, he won't. No, he won't. For some of you, your help looks like me. <laughs> my God, my God. I know you don't like me, but I'm bouncing on that one right there. Oh, your help looks just like me. Oh, your help looks like Prophetess Russia. Oh, your help looks like Pastor Timber. Yes, 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 yes. That's your help. That's what it looks like. That's what it sounds like. It looks like us. Coupled with the word of God. That's your help right there. Also, I got to tell you, you don't like how your help sounds. Uh, you don't like how your help looks. Uh, you don't like how your help smells. Uh, stop rejecting the help. God sent you the help that you cried out for. Just open up and receive us. My God, you don't like that. You don't like that. You don't like, But it is the word of the God. You are in danger of drawing back because you're not living by faith. Uh, part of you living by faith is believing that God is going to honor your request when you said, God, help me. He has honored it, but it just doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. It looks like me. It looks like me. Uh, and I'm of the presence of mind to believe that help is beautiful because I'm a beautiful man. Yeah, you got to understand. Help looks good. Yes, it does. It looks good. It looks really, 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 really good. All you got to do is open up and receive it. My God. Through faith, we understand. What do you understand about your worlds? You need to understand this. If the enemy has access to your world, or to your worlds, it is because you have not framed your worlds with the word of God. You, not have, you have not allowed your roles that you play in those worlds to be governed by the word of God. This is why we're talking about the word world. The enemy has access where there is no word. The word serves as a border that he cannot pass. You can't operate beyond this word. Oh, no. Outside of this word, you, you got authority to move and to operate. But within the confines of the parameters of this word, oh, you can't operate beyond this board. 
And I'm trying to get you to frame your worlds with the word of God. If you, if you expect your worlds not to crumble, because for some of us, uh, your, your conversation, your communication with the people that you have to move and operate within your worlds, uh, it's, 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 it's bad. The conversation it is bad and God is trying to restore the gaps of communication. He's trying to feel the gaps of communication. Because communication is the foundation of any relationship, not trust. Trust cannot be built without communication. If you have no communication, you will not have any trust. If there is little communication in a relationship, I guarantee it's going to be little trust. If there is a lot of communication, then there will be a lot of trust. Now, the nature of that trust, because we understand there are some people who just talk all the time, but that doesn't mean their conversation is right. And if their conversation is right, and notice what I say, if there's a lot of conversation, there's going to be a lot of trust. And I'm going to give you an example. There are people who talk all the time, but it doesn't mean their conversation is right. If they have the wrong conversation, the people that they're in communication with can trust that you're going to mess it up. They can trust that you're going to act the fool. They can trust that you're going to say the wrong thing. So there is a lot of trust when there is a lot of communication, just not the right trust because there's not the right communication. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to help somebody on the day. You got to frame your worlds with the word of God. The worlds must be governed by Word of God. When it's governed by the word of God, then we can come to the place where we can see the manifested word of God. Amen.